Welcome back to the Mammy Show. This is your host, Rohit. Today we have Wiley, the business technology expert and digital strategist. Thank you, Wiley, for getting into the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. So would you just like to give a quick intro about yourself, like how you got started with your journey about being a technology expert and digital strategist? Yeah, so my, my journey began at uh, the age of 19. Uh, a family member, my aunt, actually encouraged me to pursue uh, a career in technology. Um, however, at the time, I, I was still pursuing other uh, career aspirations. I wanted to be an actor at 19. So it took a few years before I actually you know, took the leap. But in, at that time, um, my aunt taught me several things about technology, new programming languages. I learned C-sharp. I learned a visual basic. Um, I learned a little bit of .NET and SQL and SQL. Um, but it took a few more years uh, before that interest grew. I'd say by 30, I, I met another family member who, who was a cousin of mine who really you know, encouraged me to take the leap. And it was his guidance that, that encouraged me to focus on technology as a career, which led to uh, me pursuing uh, Microsoft certifications as my first um, formal education path to technology. And um, that was following uh, some work I'd done with the organization I was working with at that time, where I actually um, had the opportunity to code a solution called a robotic desktop processor. And um, those two things combined, you know, coding uh, the robot robotic desktop processor for the company I was working for, and my family members' encouragement uh, to take certifications is actually what uh, pushed me to pursue a career in technology. Then since then, I've, you know, uh, continued on working as a database administrator, a network engineer. I've also taught uh, Windows, administ Windows administration and Windows Server administration uh, for a local community college. Uh, and I'd say now it's been well over uh, 15 years that I've been cemented in the technology space. So you used to say about the IT certifications, you know, like, so would you like to tell like which ID certifications are the best and prominent in today's market right now? Yeah, there, there's, there's a lot um, that are prominent. For someone who's really just getting started at the beginning of their career, mm -hmm. it's my preference that they start with a certification called CompTIA A+. And that's a very entry-level certification that'll teach you the uh, basics of technology. You know, uh, what, is, what is computing? Uh, what's the different hardware components of a of a computer, as well as some of these software elements, uh, components to that. Um, after that, I would say uh, there's a couple of additional decent ones, but it, each one geared toward a different specialization. For instance, that same company, CompTIA, they have a certification called Network Plus, which someone can pursue if they're interested in becoming a network administrator, or Security Plus, which someone can start if they want to start a career in technology security or cybersecurity. I think all of those are great certifications for someone who's at the beginning of their career. And I, I'd say later on, once you have some of those entry levels certification, you've gained some experience, um, you can pursue different certifications. So for instance, if you want to become a database professional, you could uh, pursue a Microsoft certification geared toward databases. Um, there's also one from uh, Oracle um, that's geared toward databases, which is also very prominent. Or Amazon Web Services also has a database-related uh, certification, which will be a specialty. And if, if someone wanted to pursue something like 
security, you know, technology security, then um, there's several certification in that space as well. One of the top ones is called um, Certified Information System Security Professional, which is for someone who has at minimum five years of experience in the security space. But it really just depends on where you are in your career, whether you want to start on that beginning certifications or some of those certifications that are geared toward someone with significant experience. I get it. <clears throat> cool. So you, I mean, like, and, and in today's market, like the web presence is something which is the most important for the company, like, and you is talk about the web presence. So what do you think, like, our web presence, you know, like, is the only thing for the company and how that web presence should be amazing for any company to go out or go to market and so on? So I, I guess there's there's several elements to, to a web presence for like, let's say a small or mid-sized business. Mm -hmm. um, the, the first thing I would tell them is make sure they maintain what I call their, their source of truth. And their source of truth is their, their website for their business. And uh, what I found is that many organizations will leverage uh, the social platforms, you know, Facebooks, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, as their way to disseminate con information out to their customers or, or to their prospects. But it's my opinion that they should have all of the, any information that they think is valuable. It really needs to be on their website as the one-stop shop to learn everything you need to know about that business. And then from there, it's disseminated out to those um, social media platforms. In addition mm -hmm. to that, they should do all the traditional things that, that we think of when, when we're um, building our presence. Um, uh, advertising, paid advertisements through, let's say, um, physical, physical mediums like billboards or uh, newspaper ads, um, as well as digital advertisements through Google mm -hmm. ads, LinkedIn ads. All of those should be elements that one should consider as part of their um, web presence on how they market and share information about their business. First question. I get it. Go. Cool. So, what do you think? Like small businesses should consider cybersecurity or not? Uh, I, I'd say they they all need to consider <laughs> cybersecurity. It's it's probably one of the why so and um, why so and don't you think like this will be expensive to them or this will be going to cost them? I would, I would say that it could be expensive for them to not have it in place. It's probably more expensive to not have it in place. That would be a significant risk. So in, at, at its fundamentals, cybersecurity from a whole is trying to help you ensure that your data, which for, for many is a source of revenue, um, is protected, meaning that you're, you're able to keep anything that's sensitive confidential. Um, also means that you can ensure that when people need it, when your customer needs it, they have they have effective access to get to it, and that there's nothing impeding them um, from being able to get the actual information as it is intended. Meaning that it doesn't change from the source to the point where they get it. So the, at, at the at its core, that is what system security or sometimes cybersecurity um, is trying to do. And there's some basic things that the companies can do to become more secure. Sometimes it's that simple as turning off um, uh, firewall ports, um, which can be low cost. You know, some, your network administrator can do that for you. Sometimes it can be as simple as documenting um, your, the processes you put in place for, for managing your data. That's just ensuring that you have your documentation 
that you can share out to in any regulatory body. Um, and then sometimes they have to do it because the regular regulatory body um, requires them to have these, these things in place because if they don't, they could get fined by one of, one of the regulatory bodies like the US government or they're in the UK, um, the European Union may, may also be able to you know, mm. fine you if you don't have things in place. So I'd say they, they need to do it even if, even if it is ex expensive, but when you consider what the fines may be, it would probably be more expensive to not have it in place. Get it. So would like to give a quick explanation regarding the federal and state regulations as well regarding the businesses, you know, like <clears throat> I'm talking about the thing in the US market, obviously, you know? Yeah, so, so in the US market, so the US market is a gambit, but I'd say what has influenced the US market is from, from Europe, which is the um, GDPR, Mm -hmm. uh, data Privacy Act that they have that requires mm -hmm. that businesses are more upfront about how they utilize data and put power back into the citizens to actually have control of any data that businesses may have that was sourced from you know, the citizens. Um, that's actually had a larger influence in the U.S. market than probably any, any of the regulations that we have in the U.S. Um, since then, we've, we've deployed um, California Data Protection Act which is uh, only one state within the US, United States. But since then, we've had several initiatives through, through independent states to actually create some type of regulation around security um, that is growing in the market. We don't have a one, one regulatory federal body that dictates how every state operates, but it's, it's likely coming very soon. We do have some frameworks in place and I, I can say that um, the NIST, NIST Security, National Institute of Security and Technology is a US driven framework around how, secure, how security for technology should be managed, but it is not a requirement for any business to utilize it. It's just a guide that is influencing how, how we manage things. You also say like why the companies should be always working with the certified consultant and vendors. You know, so why so? And what's the main thing behind that? Yeah, so so there, I guess there's there's two parts to that. So the first one is for businesses. Um, it's 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 highly encouraged to work with a vendor. If you let's say you're outsourcing your services to a vendor, and if your business can be regulated by let's say um, GDPR, let's say you okay. you must adhere to GDPR or you must adhere to the California Data Protection Act. Um, you have regulatory bodies that are telling you that you must meet set standards. And it makes sense that if you're off, offloading some of your services off to your vendor, that they too need to meet those standards because if they don't, you as a business may be liable if let's say they are breached from a security standpoint and then you are sued. And if, and if your business is sued, um, you may not have um, the legal fortitude to sue your, your vendor because they lacked in meeting the regulatory guidelines. So the, only, the best way for you to ensure that your vendors are meeting the same regulatory guidelines you are meeting is to ensure that they are also meeting those same reg regulatory guidelines. And for, for the most part in the US, um, it, it typically falls on just a couple, couple things. Now, it could be the California Data Protection Act, but typically we have a couple of frameworks that we, we actually try to work toward. Um, one is PCI, which is the 
uh, payment card industry. That's to process credit cards and um, ACH uh, banking account transactions. Oh, yeah. Another is another mm. SOC, which is the, I'm going to get this wrong, Service Operations Center, Security Operations Center framework, which is uh, focused on around ensuring that you have um, key practices and recommended practices in place um, that protect your business. And th there are a few others that are in the market. Um, high trust comes to mind, HIPAA comes to mind for healthcare, but all of them are, are things that you want your, your vendors to have in place. Now, the other caveat to that is ensuring that the professionals you're working with and the independent contractors that you're working with are actually certified in the technology that, that you're hiring them to operate on. Mm -hmm. um, that's valuable because it ensures that they at least have a minimum level of experience or, oh, yeah. or a minimum level of training mm -hmm. in place that validates that they understand the technology that you're hiring them to administer for you. And uh, I, I'm a big prominent of having certifications because I, I think they um, showcase one skill. But I, I think from a business standpoint, it's probably the only real way that you can validate that the person you're hiring uh, actually knows the technology that they're that they're that you're hiring them to work with. Okay. Any best advice do you have for small businesses or the businesses or enterprises like if they are scaling their business or if they are looking for hiring any vendors or consultant for their company? So any best advice do you have for them? Uh, in addition to validating certifications and meeting regulatory bodies um, requirements, I'd say the, the best recommendation I have is to uh, get references mm. uh, from other businesses that are work with those vendors. Um, I don't encourage just leaning toward any online references because those online references like you know LinkedIn references or um, uh, recommendations on Google, um, all of those can be faked and mm. sometimes purchased, but ask for real names, real emails, real contact numbers of individuals you can contact who have worked with those vendors or those professionals in the past uh, to validate that that individual has the skill or that company has the skills that, that they are claiming to have. That's probably the best method to validate it um, that, that I've seen in the market today. Get it. Cool. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Wiley, for getting into the show. And it was good to have you on, talk about the state and federal regulations and how companies can hire these certified vendors and consultants. So yeah, thank you so much for getting in. All right, thank you. I highly appreciate it.